Ready, Freddy? My Kako, and welcome back to the show. It's Rabbit Holes right here with you. Kavika Hoke, as always, on KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui, the home of the radio revolution with Rabbit Holes. Guys, how you been? I know it's only been like 24 hours since last we talked. Well, I do all the talking here until we uh, we get some call-ins on the show, but here we go. Hey, um, before we get into a local announcement, something interesting has happened on the internet. The Zuckerberg is taking responsibility after a series of, uh, you know, crazy things happening up on Capitol Hill and lawsuits, etc. It looks like the the Piper has come to pay and uh, Facebook. So anyone in the U.S. who has used Facebook in the last 16 years can now collect a piece of a seven hundred and twenty five million dollar settlement by parent company Meta tied to privacy violations as long as they fill out a claim on a website set up to pay out money to the social networks users the settlement stems from multiple lawsuits that were brought against facebook by users who claim that the company improperly shared their data with third-party sources such as advertisers and data brokers the litigation began after facebook was embroiled in a privacy scandal in 2018 with cambridge analytica which scraped user data from the site as part of an effort to profile voters so for those of you that that didn't hear too much of that or tried to like cover your ears during that election uh this was a really big thing i you know i talked about it in uh in previous seasons uh, i've talked about it with uh a lot of our, our politicians and those running for offices our aldermans in the community and uh, it's it's a big thing i even discovered at one point in time that cambridge analytica was setting up shop out here before they they got kicked to the curb uh by the government and so this is this is a huge thing for them taking responsibility because it clearly signals that they knew what was going on was wrong whether or not they knew it was going on when it happened or they let it go on that's a whole nother conversation in itself but your data is precious and so for those of you who who noticed what was going on during the uh the 2016 all the way up to 2020 um you know they were taking data and using it to manipulate the algorithm against itself and change the conversation in the election. Uh, experts claim that that had a lot to do with the choice of the end results in the uh, the election. It even had some major results in Britain and around the world. Uh, Cambridge Analytica was notorious for having helped the Brexit campaign gain legs, as well as uh, testing out their 
engine, their product, if you will, uh, in Trinidad, Tobago. And they managed to change an election overnight by convincing people that voting was stupid. So sometimes you got to think about like what you're given on the Internet, whether it was given to you by someone, you know, with or without malicious intent. And uh, I, I think in this case, we, we have now proved through settlement that uh, Cambridge Analytica had malicious intent and used it improperly. So now they have to hash it out with Meta and the government, et cetera. But Meta Zuckerberg is paying up. I personally, I got the notification days ago inside my Facebook app. And it actually, it only took me a couple of minutes to fill it out. So how do you claim that money? Well, there is a claim website. You can check that out. Uh, you can also do it inside the app. Or when you go to the claim website, if you don't want to deal with the internet and forms anymore, you can actually print out an old-fashioned analog piece of paper, and uh, you can uh, mail it to Facebook Consumer Privacy User Profile Litigation Care of Settlement Administrator uh, to 1650 Arch Street, Suite 2210 in Philly. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 19103. Now, what are they going to ask for? You know, the claim is going to ask for some pretty basic stuff. You're just going to have to give it your name, your address, your email, your phone. Uh, if you reside in the U.S. between uh, 2007 and 2022, if you were a Facebook user in that time, if you deleted your account in that time and the date range when you were a Facebook user, your Facebook username, and the payment service you prefer, such as PayPal. Venmo or a prepaid MasterCard. I personally just took the Venmo route because I have one of those. Uh, worked pretty easy. It seemed pretty painless. Um, it didn't actually like extract my information from Facebook, so I had to just naturally put it in there. So that was kind of a good sign that they weren't already scraping my data again. So pretty basic stuff in order to get uh, your money out of it. I'm sure it's probably only going to be like a $25 check. I mean, $725 million out to like millions and millions of other people. I mean, I'm not holding my breath for $100 or more, but it'd be good to have something pay for some musubis tomorrow, right? Am I right? So uh, fill that out. Check it out. Uh, get your dollar before they're gone, you know, because these things tend to, you know, stack up pretty quick, and anybody who's smart to grab it gets the money first, and those late to the game, well, you miss it. So uh, it doesn't have, like, an end period on claiming, but I'm sure it will come up sooner or later. So check it out if you're a Facebook user, like many of us are. If you're a meta user, like many of us are, uh, it's it's worth going into because, you know, what – Who's going to say no to a little free money? I mean, it's not free in the sense of, like, you gave them all your data, so now they're paying you for it. But, I mean, it's worth doing. And, you know, and then also brings up a bigger conversation about Facebook and data privacy. You know, are they really, you know, working better at it or are they just doing it because they're being told to? Uh, you know, it's the screws are really tightening on them as they're about to lay off thousands of more employees, even though everything says they should be adding employees to help combat misinformation, disinformation and uh, community guidelines. It has been very clear that uh, since the pandemic occurred and more people spent time online, Facebook has proved that they're not equipped to handle, uh, you know, community complaints 
or flags anymore. Um, there's plenty of times where I've spotted terrible misinformation or uh, racist diatribes, bigotry, misogyny, you name it, anything that by a standard of community guidelines in a forum that is against the rules of conduct, I have easily seen as disregarded in these past few years because there's a little robot that just comes up and goes, concerning your account and your your, your problem, your qualm, etc. And then it just goes, sorry, can't do anything. There's a huge volume of complaints so that's that's a big sign that like as we go deeper into what facebook has become it's not going to change anytime soon so unless magically zuckerberg decides to you know get rid of uh you know some property oh and, and sell that for for money to to pay for more employees or just stop paying himself millions and billions of dollars or destroying uh natural reef structures in Hawaii with his extra change. I don't know. But either way, he needs to start thinking about how to fix the infrastructure of that company and better provide for its end user. Because if it doesn't, I mean, it could run the way of the dodo. I mean, it's it's a lot to think about. Like, we, we've been on Facebook so long that we don't even consider what life is like without it. I mean, we laugh about not having MySpace anymore, but that was the center of the universe. We cry about not having AIM anymore, and that was the center of the universe for an entire generation. I mean, I lived on that in a live journal, and that was like where you went to talk about the world. And then, of course, there was like all kinds of like listservs and forums and stuff, but I, I think that we're we're at a point where we need to hunker down on the way that data is treated, how people learn how to take care of their own data, how people learn how to treat each other on the internet. I mean, I saw a comment the other day and it was just like your average middle of the road, like, you know, 40 something, 50 something mom in America. And she just blatantly is just like, well, if you don't want to be treated like that, then just stay off the internet. Cause that's what the internet's for. And it's like, that's not what the internet is for. The internet's not for just like crushing on people and playing keyword warrior, or, you know, overall just ass hat. Like it's not for that. It, it's for treating people like to information. It's coming together. I mean, I think we misused it quite a bit in the past decade and it's made people comfortable with misusing it even more. But I think that now is the time to start having that conversation. So get your money from Facebook and then start having that conversation of like, am I treating my data correctly? Did I let them have that? Because quite frankly, like the only thing I ever let anybody scrape off of me is an occasional throwaway password for something I don't care about. But I mean, you're talking to a guy who doesn't even let Safeway take his information down because he knows how data spreads. So you need to be more protective of your information. I think we're going to be having some special guests on this season that can help us talk about that and better ways to uh, work on our personal information care. And then also how we could be caring for ourselves on the internet. You know, we might need some positive attitudes in here to teach us how to better react to things on the internet. Me personally, you know, I, I try not to, but knowing very well, like the dark magic you can use in the algorithm for just being a total turd sometimes and how it's benefiting you. And I think that's an even bigger conversation we need to have. Like, I mean, I'm susceptible to doing terrible things on the Internet because the Internet rewards me for it. Think about that. How many people know that? I mean, you may not know that because you're just like a regular Internet denizen. But for those of you who don't know and aren't in the know, like there's a lot of rewards for hyperbole and clickbait and all these other things and since it's a 230 billion dollar advertising industry they're like gonna let you get away with murder sometimes because it makes them money if it makes you money so 
Uh, yeah, well, and we'll talk more about social media in a little bit. But first, uh, Maui Humane Society is urgently requesting the community's help to provide temporary homes for dogs. The Maui Humane Society currently has 120 dogs in their care and has kennel capacity for 40. Okay, 40 into 120. Obviously, there's 80 extra dogs in there. Bro, we need to go break them out. All right, so dogs are being paired in kennels to make additional space. Uh, there are 30 SOS fosters needed immediately to help decrease the dog population at the shelter. The community can help by preventing animals coming into the shelter. So don't go dropping off your dogs, please. If you, if you really feel the crushing need that you can't take care of your animal, then maybe just like hunker down a little bit more for just the love of the pooch and just the, the, I know this economy can be rough and the, and the first thing that goes is the family pet. And it's a sad thing to think about, but you know, there are no open kennels. So, you know, if you got to get rid of your aunt, maybe try to find someone who's a little more better off than you that might be able to like temporarily watch your dog. You know, one time when I couldn't cut it on the streets and I had to live someplace where my dog couldn't go, I had to hit up my sister it was like, can you just make this happen for like three months while I go look for a new place? You know? So think about that. Um, but if an animal is found roaming the public, it is advised of the following steps to take. Do not bring it directly to the Maui Island. Do not is at the top of their list. If the found animal is safe with you, hold on to it for 48 hours. All right? And immediately call Humane Enforcement Officers at 808-877-3680, extension 222, upon finding that animal. So let's put it through the chain because maybe, maybe it's not abandoned abandoned maybe it's lost you know and maybe they can help with that uh you know upload a photo of the pet to petcoloveloss.com it's a very busy website where people go looking for their lost pets uh file a found report on the maui humane society website all right so and to address the overpopulation issue the maui humane society will be open until 7 p.m on friday april 21st to offer the community more opportunity to see their animals all adoption fees are waived for dogs over six months of age. All right. And quite frankly, the older, the better. I would say just get in there and find the oldest dogs ever. They're going to love you immediately. They already know cute tricks. And if they have any bad habits, well, it should be easier to get rid of them. But like give old dogs a chance. And I mean, if you luck out on finding some seven month old puppy and you get something beautiful from scratch, that's good too. But really go in there. If your life is taken care of if you have enough and you have room to give more than go down to the humane society and go and see who could be the next member of your family all right we got to look out for all creatures big and small on this planet and you know man's best friend is man's best friend for a reason they will go to to the end of the universe and back for you if you just throw a little ball or just give them a little love so take a chance Take a chance on love. Take a chance on, on, on just adding something beautiful to your family and go check out the Maui Humane Society. All right. Well, back to social media. All right. So Twitter, go figure, uh, in my ongoing dumpster fire report of Twitter, Twitter no longer considers dead naming or misgendering transgendered people to be hateful conduct under its policies. Uh, the social media giant earlier this month quietly scrubbed its ban against users referring to transgender individuals by their former pre-transition names or their biological sex in the platform's latest big change. 
Twitter also loosened its enforcement against hateful conduct, announcing it will now put warning levels on tweets that potentially violate those policies rather than immediately removing them as the platform had done previously. Now, this this is a double edged sword because I'm the first to say freedom of speech is an amazing thing. But the second thing I'm always apt to say is. If you don't have anything good to say, then don't say it at all. Do we really need to empower people more to be able to say terrible things without consequence? You know, I think that that every time we have this talk about free speech, we should also be having the, well, it's free, but is it not allowed, but is it the right thing or the right place to say it? Uh, the Internet gives a podium to a lot of people who would not otherwise have it so they can control that soapbox if they have the right amount of follows or the algorithms treating them well. But what I've seen here, though, in Twitter is that it is now repealing what we've known since the beginning of the Internet to be just a, a modicum of decent behavior. You know, so when I first started on the Internet, there were rules and then those some of those rules are intact, you know, but I think it was in a time where we had only the most understanding people on the Internet, you know, because there was an aptitude or an access that that you had to have to you either had to have the money to pay by the minute to be there. And I think that like, that social responsibility went up with that fiduciary responsibility. So. You know, in thinking about can you say whatever you want? Well, yeah, it's the Internet. It's it's the world wide web. So, I mean, realistically, at that end point, like does does our, you know, do our rules in America apply? Does the First Amendment always apply or does it apply per country? Because then again, we have countries like China who manage to censor half of their Internet which is only allowed by their law that they can censor it. And over here on this side of the world, we're like, oh, that's terrible, you know, Chinese censorship. But, you know, the case for and against. Firstly, for, because I find it a quick conversation. Should we allow people to say whatever they want? Uh, personally, again, back to within reason. There should be a reasonable degree to which we can talk about things and open up channels of conversation that would not otherwise happen in just any generic living pool. Sometimes we need the anonymity or the distance of the Internet to provide a tough conversation. Is this providing tough conversations that are necessary for the advancement of humankind? No, it's really just opening up room for bullying. So especially when you see how it's used for bullying. Because it doesn't really help that a rule like this gets pulled back on a platform where it's really just gone to the wolves. Twitter is not a safe space. I wouldn't even like suggest if you if you're a person of color, if you're a, a transgender person, LGBTQIA plus, two spirits, doesn't matter. Like if you are just even left of center, I would say don't even bother. If you got thick skin like me, go on it, go on it, and just like break out the marshmallows because that's what I've been doing lately. Um, it it really the platform itself has proved that it wants a certain type of people on it, but there aren't that many type of people. You know, this this also goes back to the conversation of is this something that everybody wants or is this really just giving in to a small amount of people who are then using it to take a mic and seem bigger uh, as a lot of reporting from uh, other uh, other stats providers have shown that, you know, most of the the ultra conservative and down the 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 devilish rabbit hole of bad behavior on the Internet when you're 
you know, classifying it back to a certain amount of Americans, it, it's really only 7% of our population. So 93% of America isn't bigoted. 93% of America is probably not racist or misogynist or anti-gay or homophobic or anything. It's really we're catering towards a 7% of people who are paying enough of the bills that they're getting entertained by it. And then they so happen to have a leader in someone like Musk. Um, it is it right and able for him to do it yes it's his business so if he wants his platform to be like that you gotta let him that that's the freedom of business right there so does it go against the first amendment no it supports the first amendment by giving that that freedom of speech is it right to exercise that freedom of speech no it's not but it's his business and he allows people to exercise it so if you don't want to be there then don't go there that's my biggest thing that i have to say that because you know what no matter where you go whether it's a twitter or a chan page or anything you know back in my day we had things like somethingawful.com or i am bored you know all those things have existed for quite some time i only think that because of it reaching a major platform that we're now having this discussion on a bigger level and quite frankly if you want to make change like that in the bigger conversation your fight's not going to be on a platform that is specifically changing to fit the needs of the opposite of your message so if you don't want the pain of twitter then now's the best time to exercise your right by walking away delete your account move on to another platform figure that out you know and that's that's really the best that you can do because it, it's just like choosing a bar to go to or or your favorite restaurant you know if you feel that there's something that like doesn't sit well in the in the watering hole you drink at do you keep going to that bar no, you eventually go find another bar. You learn to drink at home, <laughs> you know? I mean, case in point for me, I, you know, there's been a lot of times where, like, there's only one dusty, watery hole in the, in the middle of the United States, and you're like, well, i got to go to this place because it's the only bar in town. But is Twitter the only bar in town? No. You got Facebook. You got Instagram. You got Snapchat. Mastodon has kind of gone up and down, but there's choices, and then you just got to be able to take your friends there with you. And as I've noticed with where Twitter is going, it's like I can't even see my friends that did follow me you know i'm being pushed all these crazy things they're just like it's obvious that it's being used as a propaganda tool so i wouldn't be surprised that like in the next couple of years we'll see another you know you might be able to claim monies from twitter level thing for them just using the algorithm against you to change an election or to change minds so if you don't want your brain to melt or to get angry about the way people treat each other on a platform then walk out I'm not saying that you have to have thick skin to participate. If you want to try to change it, you are yelling at the wall. So, like, good on you for trying. But quite frankly, I'm just going to continue roasting my marshmallows on the dumpster fire of Twitter. And we'll see how it develops. And I'll occasionally check in like I always have. And then maybe one day we're going to a Twitter funeral. All right. So, in other things that make people upset about the Internet, Netflix. Netflix has said in its earnings release Tuesday it is preparing to move forward with a broad rollout of its plans to crack down on password sharing in the second quarter after delaying it during the first quarter. All right, Netflix's paid sharing plan, designed to eliminate unpaid account sharing, proceeded in four additional countries, 
Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and Spain earlier this year. All right, so for all you guys who have been uh, trading passwords or maxed out your family plan, uh, you know, you might have to start talking about, like, getting a second family plan that you can share around or maybe just do the Spotify hack where you say everybody lives at the same house. (laughs) I mean, there's going to be a lot of ways where they can figure out how to turn it off, but then there's going to be a certain degree that they can't stop it. So, like, I mean, realistically, you know, I mean, this is – this is just, you know, you could, you could, you know, you could uh, just happen to be using a VPN that says you're in the right neighborhood. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's your choice. Or, uh, you know, or you could find other ways to get Netflix show. That's a choice, too. But at its core, it really seems more like a grab to increase their subscribership. There was an eventual point where they were going to stop getting new subscribers until like a generation became old enough to afford it. You know, so obviously like we've got teens and teenagers right now who could probably start affording their own streaming accounts, but I don't think that that's that's the avenue that Netflix should be looking for money. You know, if anything, the the smartest plan that they could have is go expanding into second world countries and give them an opportunity in having something, but then again, should second world countries be worrying about like if they have streaming money, <laughs> you know, they, they, they can barely figure out how to make coffee for $2,000 a year for the rest of us to drink for $12 a cup. I don't think they want to worry about uh, whether or not they have a Netflix, but I really think that Netflix has to come to terms with the fact that there's an eventuality that one, the maximum amount of people could have Netflix accounts. And then two, you know, it's, the, the accessibility of technology. So again, back to the conversation of expanding out to second or third world countries. That's a first world privilege to have something like unlimited movies in your pocket. So I think they need to come to terms with making a better sustainable product at this point, uh, which they're already stepping back from because they have also uh, set to shut down the DVD by mail rental service, um, <clears throat> which really... I mean, that's what set them apart, is that, and that's what killed Blockbuster and Warehouse, Hollywood Video, all those guys. They were able to send the DVD to your house. They still are, but uh, you know, it's it's been nearly 25 years when they started delivering discs, and the DVD service, which still delivers films and TV shows in those nice little red and white envelopes, uh, they are planning to stop mailing September 29th. So uh, get in all of your DVD rentals from Netflix while you can, because just like Blockbuster, it's coming to a close. Uh, Also, I don't know how they're going to hunt you down if you manage to, like, rent something amazing and never return it. I mean, are they going to are they going to tell you you can't rent again? You know, I don't think so. Uh, So, yeah. So now's your chance to get the last of the DVDs um, and uh, and enjoy Enjoy the last the last samplings of an era that is uh, soon to be gone. All right, so we've been talking around a, a lot around here. It even came up in the bullpen yesterday morning here at Akaku. I've been talking about it with guests, uh, and and we're trying to to cover it in more than just one way. And you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about AI. All right, so we've been talking about ChatGPT. We've been talking about Adobe with video editing. We've been talking about Wombo and making dreams and 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 uh, 
you know, stable diffusion and mid journey and night cafe. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of it. And so I, as I, I, you know, as I've heard what's going to be going around here in the next year or two at Akaku and not just on this show, but we're going to start going down a huge rabbit hole of AI. And one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk to you today about AI is it is now being used to trick investors. Okay. So investors have to be careful now about what they see in here because fraudsters are using AI and the buzz around AI in creative ways to con investors. This is no different than what happened with the Bitcoin scam. This is no different than the beginning of the tech bubble and everything that came from it. I mean, I, I've seen all the scams that could happen. I mean, it was, I was just becoming an adult as the internet was gaining traction as a business. And so it's, it's a very scary thing because you could see all of this stuff and think, oh, there's opportunity. I know what a Bitcoin is. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of them. I know what an NFT is. And I, I, I want to use AI to become, you know, we're seeing all of these gurus pop up because people don't have options right now every time you see the economy go down scamming goes up and scamming always starts with the easy way out and right now ai is the hot new ticket for the easy way out and what does that mean that means that you know people who seemingly couldn't keep it together before or put a business together or even fill out a grant application they can now tell chat gpt to do it people who couldn't draw a picture can now tell night cafe wombo or mid journey how to do it uh you know everything from making a website to, to building an app you literally could go into chat gpt and go give me code for a children's website about apples and counting them and it would literally populate everything you need and you could just copy pasta that right into your 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 little html widget on wordpress or something so it's it has so many possibilities to make equity for those who don't have a whole tech firm behind them or can't afford a coder does this mean that coders are going to lose jobs maybe could be but for the gap that it's it's facilitating i don't see it taking out the market right away but what i do is i see it changing job types we're going to see more people that are getting jobs for prompting and how to prompt things but I, i'm getting a little lost in that let's talk more about this 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 whole fraud thing first and we'll go deeper down it so ai can be used to create people who don't really exist all right so i mean you could literally generate a video of someone not only using a face made from scratch but a voice made from scratch i mean we've even heard about it this week i mean i haven't talked about it on the show but i know some of you guys listen to the music scene like that whole drake weekend thing with that fake track that was huge i mean that tricked how many people spotify let that up on the airwaves and it got downloads people thought it was a real collab the same thing can now happen with CEOs of companies that exist or inventing a company or see, I mean, you could literally tell chat GPT to go generate a fortune 500 website about this and then literally just create a clone website of some CEO, take out all the things about them and then put in your AI generated fraudster. All right. So, and then AI can be used to clone voices. So you could receive a phone call from someone who sounds just like a friend or a family member, just like we said with the last time we talked about the, the AI scam of, 
a woman's child being held hostage and she didn't even realize that the child wasn't held hostage. You know, we've got similar things with the way that hackers have been holding cities hostages occasionally uh, for large sums of money because they managed to hack in or they managed to make someone think that someone in charge is under threat. So how do we protect ourselves? Well, one, you got to be aware that scammers lie to investors about supposed investment opportunities. Many investment platforms that claim to trade crypto on behalf of investors are complete scams with no actual trading activity. Also, you've got to be cautious about investment platforms that claim to use AI to generate returns for investors. In many cases, these claims are lies intended to trick investors into handing over their money, often in the form of crypto assets while crypto is still viable to take from you. So, I mean, this is, I mean, when people don't understand what something does, they're easily intrigued about its infinite possibility. AI has a lot of possibilities, but I can tell you right now, you can't just like chat GPT, generate money. You know, there's no in instant fix. There's no instant probability of you. It still takes hard work. You still have to create a company around it, figure out what the AI is going to do. So someone literally just says, I've got an AI robot and I'd like to say you shares my AI robot company. Walk away. Run the hell away. There's no, they ain't going to make you anything but, but tired and sorry. All right. So also, you have to be very suspicious of people promoting certain investment opportunities on online platforms such as YouTube and Telegram. Those are huge hotbeds for scammers. I mean, YouTube uh, has got its hands full just trying to keep kids' content safe and, and misinformation and disinformation on a larger scale safe. So when it comes to you know financial investments and, and things like, you know, AI, it's, it's such a crazy and a hot new area that they can't just automatically set the moderator robots to stop everything from coming on. So, and then Telegram, like you can't, you can't trust Telegram. There's, there, there's no way of, uh, ever trusting Telegram because it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a red echo chamber, uh, honeypot to just collect, uh, a certain type of the 7% in a room and then it's not safe it, it's never been safe and then when they tried to say it was safe it's it's still not safe it, it's it's one of the most hackable platforms it's one of the most easy to scrape data off from the outside as was proven during the whole you know jan 6th events uh when all those guys televised what they were doing you know i watched them on t i had a telegram account for a hot second just so i could literally go oh look at this guy implicating himself you know so uh, you can't you can't use it as a closed platform properly because it wasn't i mean it was advertised that way but it's not properly designed that way so i mean i'd say if someone's gonna hit you up on telegram and go oh bro i got one deal dude just walk away walk away because that's that's not what telegram's for telegram's for uh tiki torches and uh, maga hats okay so also some schemes such as Ponzi or pyramid schemes rely on users to refer others to make money. Okay. So as, as I've been bringing up again, MLMs, pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes, all right. Pyramid schemes pay commissions to recruit new investors. Okay. This whole investment opportunity that asks you to recruit new investors may be a red flag usually is. So unless you're like, in a major company that's launching a product, or you happen to be in the movie business or the art business, realistically, anytime that someone comes to you and says, I've got this cool tech startup idea and you can be in my downline, walk away. Just, just be like, sorry, excuse me, I have to.
and you just go. You just don't, you don't even have to, because I got to tell you, like, I'm getting hit up left and right in my friend's feed because, you know, that's what, that's what happens when you put yourself out in public uh, as a member of the community. Eventually everybody goes, oh, you know, maybe he'll friend me. So then, like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, well, they live down the street from me. I'd probably, I'll friend them. Why not? But then there happens to be that, like, rando person that shows up and, like, it says that they've got 19 mutual friends with you, but there's a really good chance that they just rando friended everybody until it caught because then it's like, oh, well, they're friends with two other people. I'll chance them, you know? So, like, you got you got to watch out for that. Like just in case, case in point, yesterday I I got some guy came into my feed that I just like unknowingly went. You know, yeah, nineteen mutual friends. I'll friend him. I you know, like I don't want to be seen as that guy who's not approachable. And it's just a Facebook account, or is it? You know, so uh, he he posted one of those standard scams of just like nobody can answer this question, and if you you happen to be the only one who answers it, you can get three thousand to five thousand dollars scam all right anytime you see one of those weird posts where someone's like uh there's only one word in the english dictionary with two r's in it prove me wrong that's usually an mlm scam that's their like new hot thing is they're just taking all of these old nigerian prince level scam things like you know what's what's a word with two r's you know or what's what's you know this number they'll give you some weird equation that doesn't use PEMDAS correctly and you're like oh that times that plus that round parentheses this nobody ever gets this it's you know is this dress blue well now now it's just an MLM scam that's what that dress is it's it's colored MLM now uh and so in in the case of that point I I tend to just go this is an MLM what is it for you know you know your downline's not going to make any money I I try to educate when they come out like that but then as per usual because of the way that they're trained and they're taught is like oh we'll take it to the DMs you can change their mind in the DMs so he immediately was just like did you message me I was like dude you're not like you could have just you know had the conversation there in the comments but obviously you don't and then turns around is like don't you want this opportunity it's like no dude i don't want an opportunity to give you all of my information and then you walk away with something and say that i like bought 10 pounds of lipstick and now i got a download of 30 people that i gotta figure out what to do with like dude ain't nobody got time for that all right so you you need to watch out for 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 mlms even more i mean i was talking about it the other day but now now we're gonna run into like ai mlms you know there's gonna be one there's gonna be some guy who pops up in your feed and goes oh well chat gbt can make a store for you and you could be selling doTERRA instantly and it's like yeah 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 you could like ev all the other schmucks on the internet and, and just a reminder before someone tries to suck you in i i can't say this enough it's got to be repeated regularly but MLMs and direct sales do not make money, all right? Out of the all of the people in the United States that actually participate in direct network sales, downline sales, MLMs, any of that stuff, the amount of work required to get a return does not net more than $1,000 a year, all right? And this is the, you put in 160 hours a week all of your life. Like, anytime that they tell you, oh, you're just not putting in enough work, that's just to gaslight you to keep their downline going. All right? So any of you out there who are thinking about, like, oh, someone just sent me a Sensi invite or I'm going to become a passion party rep, don't. Don't do it. All right? Just go down to the business annex and, and talk to the small business administration and figure out how to, like, start your own weird business or go, go talk to someone at a street fair and ask them how they really got their business started don't get sucked into that overnight etsy stuff don't get sucked into that like some 
you know, don't don't sell Lululemon. Don't don't you don't need to be selling spandex, all right? Unless you want to start a spandex company and then you can go do that separately. But don't go, don't go doing it for somebody else, all right? So also watch out for investments that promise high returns with little risk. If it seems too good to be true, it usually is. It always is. Okay, I mean, I, I personally like we're we're here in a, in a, in a radio station, uh, a TV station, and I also work in uh, the emotion picture industry. And I can tell you, like, I, I'm in a business where you're lucky if you get one percent of something. Okay, and even then, royalties don't pay out the way that you think it does. So, like, most of Hollywood's broke. <laughs> Facts. Uh, so, I mean, so the the thing to consider is like when someone gives you a pie in the sky number, that is another reason to walk away. You can't let yourself think that like that someone who shows up on an advertisement in your feed or some broke fool that you've known since high school has magically cracked the code and you didn't they didn't crack the code they just got fed pre-made ad copy that someone handed them and they're just repeating it on their feet until somebody catches because it's a proven rate to like honeypot and grab unsuspecting marks and that's all you are going to be if you say yes to that you're gonna be an unsuspecting mark so learn to suss it out learn to recognize what could happen to you if you say yes to the wrong thing? Because it really, it, it really could damage your life if you give in to the wrong scam. Sometimes it's just like no harm, no foul. You know, it's one thing to be stuck selling Tupperware. It's another thing to have to explain to your wife, your husband, your family, your cousins, your auntie, your tutu that like you just gave somebody $8,000 because they said they could give you $45,000 in the next 10 hours if they just got that little bit from you. it does it it's the same scam being repurposed okay so so please 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 look before you leap all right ai is a very scary and unknown territory right now for all of us but i hope we can hold hands and walk through it together and discover the upsides to it so looking forward to having um, some special guests in the studio over the next year. We're going to talk more about AI. We're going to talk about how it can change your life for the better, how to watch out for how it can make your life worse, or maybe even how it, it could really just amplify what you already have. There's, there's so many different ways to use AI for the better. Uh, we just have to watch how we step around the bad parts of it. Well, I think we've covered enough ground today. I am so thankful for everybody listening out there on the airwaves throughout Maui, across the Internet. Dude, it has been such a pleasure in these first couple weeks uh, just bringing the show back. And I'm excited to say that, you know, uh, Jordan Hawker's feeling better. Looking forward to seeing her tomorrow. Uh, next week, we're going to have Shane Sinensi. I'm going to start also bringing in potential new members and podcasts and shows to come visit us here on Rabbit Holes to see how we're starting the, the radio revolution, as we've started calling it, the public access renaissance. So if you want to learn how you can be a part of the radio revolution here on Maui. Check out akaku.org or just walk right in and look for your boy right here in the studio laying down the tracks with our brother Tony Midnight on the mixer and everything. Guys, you could be just like him. You could be a superstar on the radio just like Tony. Just like me. Just like biscuits and gravy. 
guys, don't you want to just spread your gravy all over the airwaves? I think you do. So also, make sure to check it out April 27th, 5.30 here at Akaku Community Center. We're going to be upstairs in room 206. Make sure to, uh, to find that Facebook event or just check it out on our website or just show up. All right, we'll make sure to have room for a couple of extra people. No harm, no foul when you just show up. That's always appreciated. So once again, mahalo for supporting the radio revolution here at KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. Your boy, Kaviga Hope with Rabbit Holes. We'll see you next time. <laughs>